0: Well, there's been commotion this morning at the tomb. The, the women arrived at the tomb and found it empty, confused, wondered what had happened. Saw someone they thought was the gardener, but then they recognized it when he said their name. Some of the followers, the disciples, came and they ran to the tomb and found it empty. There have been stories of a few isolated incidences of his appearance, but the disciples are gathered together. Actually, just 10 of them. And that's where we enter this Easter day with the 10 disciples gathered. It's John chapter 20. I invite you to turn there in your Pew Bible, follow along on the screen. It's found on page 883, John chapter 20, starting with verse 19. Let us pray together. Gracious God, thank you again for your written word speaks to us of the events of your living word in our midst. And we ask that your living word would, as we're about to read, appear to us. Speak to us. Lead each one of us to the, to the words, to the experience, to the place that we need to be to walk with you, to follow you, to experience the peace and love that only you can bring. Speak to us. Meet us in this time so that indeed we will be different people after encountering you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. John chapter 20 starting with verse 19. <clears throat> when it was evening on that day. The first day of the week. In the doors of the house where the disciples had met. Were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said. Peace be with you. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We've been walking through the Gospel of John since uh, January. Uh, Walking through, pursuing Jesus together through the text in order to pursue a, a life of depth in what sometimes can be a shallow world. And Thomas just may be our greatest example of deep living in a shallow world. He he may be the the best, the, the most real example. He's flawed. He's incomplete. And we see it right here. But he is searching for truth and he will not stop till he sees it with his own eyes and feel it with his own hands and in his own soul he is honestly searching for what is real that is the essence of deep living because if we search for what is true and what is real we will find the one who is real the one who is true the one who is the way the one who is life we will find Jesus if we sincerely, honestly search for truth. Thomas refused to play along with the group. You, know, you ever showed up you know, at the water cooler or at the lunch table? You know where there's a conversation going on and they're laughing about a movie they saw or a TV show, and you just sort of play along. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it is funny, but you didn't see it. You, you, y'all haven't done that. Well. You know, where we just try to do what fits into the group instead of standing up like Thomas, who is honestly searching for himself. Maybe he was from Missouri, but he said, I got to see it myself. Honest pursuit of what is true. The disciples also were honest and, and welcoming to that pursuit. Yeah, they, they share their experience with Thomas. They were with him. They, they saw Jesus. And so as Thomas comes to them, they say, yeah, this is what we saw. This is what we heard. This is what we know. And, and we're told that they were, they were hanging out for seven days. That Jesus didn't show back up for seven days. So Jesus, Thomas was still with them. They didn't ostracize him because he was doubting. They, they didn't push him to the side. They, they didn't fear for their own personal purity. That one who doesn't believe like they do might somehow impugn their purity or thought. They didn't fear for his influence, they desired to influence him. So they they made, they were a community that heard those doubts and heard those concerns and pursued Jesus together. And Jesus, get his response. To Thomas. And as Thomas is searching for the truth, then Jesus then, at just the right time, just the right place, meets Thomas with exactly the experience Thomas needs in order to meet him, to believe in him, to give his life to him. Remember, we said from the very beginning, if you hearken back, I'm sure you all do remember that first sermon we preached in, that I preached in January on John Jesus isn't about winning an argument. He's not about giving us information or even nice ways to live. He is about transforming our lives to be his followers totally and completely. That is his one and only purpose with us, to bring us to follow him. So he's going to show up for Thomas in a way that Thomas can receive and then choose to follow him and make Him His Lord and His God. Now, I wonder if, if, honestly for me, if we didn't have this passage, I don't know that I would have expected that response from Jesus. Would, would you have expected such a a welcoming, a non-indicting response? Would you expect that response from a a preacher, even from even from one another, if we're so open and bold and honest with our doubts in the midst of our search. I mean, uh, sometimes our natural response, I, I think, is to suppress the doubts, to try to hide them or answer them quickly. Let's, let's get that taken care of. Get it out of the way. Well, that's not Jesus' response. He doesn't suppress it. He doesn't. Malign it. He, he waits seven days to, to let the discussion among the disciples, to let it mature even. And when He does show up to the disciples, then He turns right to Thomas. Here I am. Come on, this is what you need. This is what you want. This is what you need. Here are my hands. Look at my feet. Here, touch me. Right here. He meets him. Exactly. With the experience that he needs. And Thomas shows his sincerity of searching for truth. Then by his response. By his total submission. Oh my Lord and my God. He doesn't then. You know go like up to Santa. Is that beard real? You know. You know, where's the makeup? He doesn't then ask another question. Well, how did this happen? How did that? You know, that's how we can tell the difference between sincere doubts and sincere uh, pursuit of truth and those that are just trying to deflect the truth. We've done that too, right? We just have one question after another, sort of like trying to you know, herd cats or collect mercury, you know? It's just one little Question after another. That's not, Thomas is sincerely pursuing the truth, and he demonstrates that by his submission. Let's think about these characters then in terms of how it relates to us. The last word of the passage here you know, that blessed are those who believe when they don't see. One, if you find yourself with doubts, uncertainties, speak them. Don't hold them back. Let let them be known. Is there a part of an honest search for truth? The biblical message is clear here. Jesus is clear. He will meet you in the midst of those doubts. No reason to hide them or suppress them or... Ask clearly for Jesus to address those doubts in the midst of your honest search. Now now be careful that what you're searching for is not what you want to find, but that you're searching for truth. That you're, you're willing to be changed by this search. If you're just searching for what you want to find... Uh, we can, it's amazing our capabilities to then avoid the truth if it leads to us having to change, to be transformed, to submit. But be about, be open and honest with, with your search, with your doubts, with your concerns. Ask God, search for the truth, and if you do, He will meet you. As a community, we have to continue to learn and grow to be that kind of place like the disciples. Honest, forthright in sharing our experience of Jesus, but welcoming those who doubt, who are uncertain, who are questioning. Not pushing them aside or silence them or answering them quickly, but welcoming them. Being that kind of community, we've got to tear down those walls as well. That may be the greatest wall that a church without walls has to tear down. You know, we, we've been pursuing tearing down walls uh, that, uh, between us and God, between us and one another because of all the, the from different ethnicities, different economic background, different mental capabilities, and all the rest. We are united in Jesus. But we've also got to tear down the wall between those in the church and those outside. So that those doubts and, pursuit, the doubts. and pursuit of truth. Can happen within the community. Of disciples. Just like Thomas. With the disciples. We got to be like that. Because that's how Jesus is. Because he allows that honest. Sharing. And searching. And then we got to be on our alert for what we'll find. Because if we sincerely pursue the truth, if we sincerely pursue what is real, then we will find Jesus and He will be our Lord and Savior and He will lead us and guide us and form us in ways that we could never imagine. And this... Celebration of the reality of the resurrection. Also is an opportunity to hear from one who in recent time has had that experience. Searched for the truth. Searched for what is real. And found Him. I'm going to ask Bobby Forsman to come up and simply share... Her story, her search, and what she experienced and found in Christ. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, good morning. Happy Easter. Oh, goodness, um, I've spent a couple of days preparing this outline and making tons of notes, and yet it just feels unnatural to really stare at that the whole time. So I'm kinda just gonna let God speak through me, which I think is the best way to go. Um, I'm not from here. I am from Virginia Beach. I've lived uh, here for about a year now. Um, I think that's enough time to say that I'm an avid Reds fan. So I'm gonna go ahead and stick with the Reds. We don't really have baseball down in Virginia Beach. Um, I'm 24. Um, I just recently finished college. So it's been a long time coming. Um, I uh, kind of grew up in, in an incredibly broken family and uh, had a lot of trouble kind of getting through my younger teenage, uh, young adult years. And uh, fortunately for me, um, you know, God had a plan for me long before I was born. So it was unreal. If you would have asked me a year ago that to tell me that I'd be standing here today, I just would have laughed because I wouldn't even believe it. But um, I think it's safe to say that growing up, I had every reason to be angry with God, let alone even believe that there was one. Um,
0: uh,
1: Besides my parents' divorce, um, my mom's been remarried a couple times, so is my father. Um, I haven't seen him since I was 13. Um, My mom, she's kind of been out of the picture for a while too. There's been all sorts of trouble. There's been drugs, loss of jobs, um, loss of family, damaging relationships, all kinds of things. So um, I guess you could say that I really got to a point um, last year in, well, two years ago, 2009, um, where I was just in this, I don't know how else to describe it, a black hole um, that I couldn't get out of. I don't know how. I thought that drinking would solve it, so I was wrong. <laughs> um, I thought that having sex before marriage would solve it, I was wrong about that too. I thought that uh, just kind of not having anyone to trust in, you know, there was just that whole, I wasn't really sure what to do about it. So um, after moving here to Cincinnati, boy that was the day, that was the, First day I've ever driven in snow. <laughs> Which, by the way, going 25 miles on I-75 on the way up here, not the best idea. <laughs> oh, that was the day, got a flat tire, got stuck in a ditch. Of course, I was wearing flip flops. <laughs> not ready for Cincinnati. So, um, you know, I just remember it was, uh, it was quite the adventure. Um, I just, I felt like everything had come to a complete stop. And it was time to make a change. So I sold everything that I owned. I packed up what I had left, and what did fit, didn't fit in my car, it wasn't going to come with me. And I took off, and I moved here to Cincinnati. And uh, a couple of months later, after coming here and getting a job, um, through the suggestion of my aunt and a few others, I decided to start getting some counseling just because. I really needed to work through some of these issues that I had, um, you know, and <laughs> didn't believe in God at that point, so, you know, I uh, didn't think that the counseling was even going to be about that, um, but it was unbelievable because I would, I would start to see light in her and in some of my family members, and I wanted to know what that was, what was that light, what was that joy, what was that feeling of fulfillment and wholeness? Um, I wanted that, but I didn't know exactly how to go about it. So it was time for my search. <laughs> Boy, did I have a lot of questions, um, lots of lots of questions, lots of uh, why God, many of those, um, lots of what ifs. So through the process of healing and uh, starting to work some of these issues that I had, just through brokenness and uh, through such darkness, just such despair. I mean, when I think back to how much of a mess I was, I I just, I can't can't believe it. Um, So through prayer, which was a foreign concept to me at first, um, you know, I started to see some light. I started to um, see love and joy in the smallest, tiniest little places. And this is what I've come to love so much about God is he knows us so well that he knows how we communicate. So for me, a big thing was music. Um, One of the big things that even drew me to God was the music and the singing on Caleb on the radio in church. Um, And God spoke to me through that communication method. That's how well he knows me. And I didn't believe in him at the time. So the fact that he knew that about me was really weird. Mm. I don't want someone to know me that well. (laughs) Um, You know, and uh, I got to the point where I was just like, okay, you know what? I see all these great things. How do I go about it? Confession? All right. That means I got to give up control. Wasn't easy. So I have to confess out loud. What can it hurt? It was worth a shot, right? So... After confessing out loud, it was just, it was amazing what kind of happened to me This uh, out-of-body experience that uh, God actually gave to me As part of his blessing to show me what his power was really like To show me that no matter what I had done, no matter what choices I had made No matter how bad I thought I blew it He wasn't done with me And somehow, in some way Over the last, it's been what, eight months now? Doesn't even seem that 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 long God has um, He's hit the fast-forward button So now I have come from Not even believing that there was a God and having in my opinion every reason in the world to to now Believing beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is the God of the universe and it's it's unbelievable because throughout this experience he's taught me He's taken every single one of my doubts individually and given me a reason to believe in every single part so I love this picture too because doubting Thomas, you know, he's like God I I need some I need some proof here. I need some evidence And Jesus is like, okay You know Here you go How much more do you need and Thomas just falls He just falls, he's like, all right, God, I I finally get it. You know, that was me. But I think one of the most comforting things is, is God knows us so well that he's actually gonna give us every sign, every comfort, every feeling, every moment that we need to believe in him because he's the God of clarity. He's the God of order, of love. You know, so Jesus just um, tells Thomas, you know, blessed are those that can believe without seeing. I believe that's very true because it takes a, takes a step in faith. It takes that submission. And God, all God asks is that we try. We just, we just have to try. He just asks that we're willing. You know, and one of the um, final promises that just always sticks with me is that God promises that He'll never give up. No matter how much we mess up, no matter how much we think we've sinned, um, or how bad we think it is, God never gives up on us. And if He didn't give up on me, through 10 years of such brokenness, of such a hole, well, then He's not going to give up on any of us. He doesn't pick and select. He chooses all of us and he uses those kinds of experiences and turns them into good. Because if I hadn't been through all of that, there's no way I'd be standing up here today. There's no way. So God used that. You know, and the the very last thing I'll just say is I just, I think it's funny how on my 16th birthday, I, um, it was forever ago, (laughs) I wished for a dad. (laughs) And little did I know that almost 10 years later, I'd not only get the perfect dad, but I'd get the God of the universe too. So he's my father now. I couldn't be more blessed.
0: Amen. Thanks, Father. Thank you. just so you know, her aunt is Kelly Forsman here. And one of the people who was instrumental in the counseling was Ann Clippard, And uh, how we developed a relationship with Bobby to share with all of us that God speaks to us in the language and in the way that we can hear. So I ask, encourage, beg anyone here who is in that place of searching, in that place of searching for the truth, searching for life, searching for what's real, to cry out. To cry out even with just a mustard seed of faith. God, if you're real, speak to me. And I fully believe and have experienced myself that he will. Amen.